you by DigitalOcean. Hi, Monique. Welcome to the Hatch uh, Storyteller series. Um, you know, why don't we get started with you know what problem or uh, you're trying to solve with uh, Recruit.net? Sure. Um, first of all, thanks for having me, Shiv. Yes. It's great to be here in Hong Kong. Um, so, Recruit.net, um, we are a search engine for jobs. Our mission is we help people find jobs. So right now we have 25 million jobs online, all posted within 30 days across 50 countries. Every day we send out 5 million job alert subscriptions out to, to people for jobs. So there's a lot of jobs out. There's a lot of jobs, there's a lot of backend processing. There's a lot of stuff happening, people applying to jobs. And what we do is we work with that data. We collect that data, we, we make the process more efficient, and right. you know, we, just, we just aim to provide a good job search experience. So, so a way to, a, a use case for this, to think about how it works is, you know, let's say, you know, you say, hey Siri, hey Siri, show me all the, the, newest, the newest jobs for IT security in New York in the last 10 days that pay over 200,000. Right. And you get a list. Wow. That's great. So, and then you say, hey Siri, um, how many of those are from Apple? There's 10 from Apple. That's great. Can you send those to me? And then the AI kicks in and says, by the way, people who searched for or applied for security jobs at Apple also, also searched for these right, jobs at right. LinkedIn. Have a look at these. Right. So yeah. it's kind of that's kind of the use case because there's so much data. Uh, we we work with that data. We manipulate that data. We we apply layers of matching on it to make it accessible and provide smart recommendations and we work on the back end with all of that. Excellent. And then are there specific markets that you're focused on? Obviously, Hong Kong being a, a big one, but it yeah. sounds like you have other area uh, markets too that you have, you're focused on. Yeah. So, you know, we've always, we've always launched with a global approach. So initially we launched in Southeast Asia. So yeah. we, we were never just Hong Kong centric. So, you know, with technology, you can really, you know, you need to, you can leverage and scale easily. Right. So we launched in Hong Kong, Singapore, um, Japan, Philippines, Malaysia, Indonesia at one go. Then we moved on to the US, to UK, to Europe. Our, our latest release was in, in Nigeria. Wow. Which has been great. Um, and you know, only because it's, you know, it's, it's such a large market. Right. It's really untapped. It's a, it's a market that people are, are, are going online. Um, you know, I read somewhere that the, 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 the potential size, the, the population in Nigeria is larger than the, the, the US, the France and the UK combined. Yeah, um, just the population in, in Nigeria, and I think by 2040, it's estimated that that population-wise, Nigeria will be the third largest country after China and India. Wow! So you know, it's it's a big market, and so we so what we do is we kind of scale out our technology where we think we can where we can grow. Yep. So and, and a lot of our growth is organic, so it's it's it, we just we just let the systems run, and 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 it just works through the through the cloud. Yeah, and, and I'm just curious, since you are running a recruitment platform, mm. um, you probably get to see some very interesting trends, market trends related to recruiting or yeah. jobs. Um, you know, are there any trends or, or market insights that, that you think, like is there anything interesting or surprising that you're seeing? Um, so so I, I would say that, uh, you know, I think it's a, there's some global trends, right? Yeah. I, I think that every, all roads lead back 
to tech yep. at this point, right? Yep. And if you break that down, it, in most cases, well, it, it all breaks down to software at the end, right? So, so if you're a large established player, um, you're thinking now about how you can be selling online. Right, right. If you're a, if you're a, if you're a, a Walmart or if you, you know if it was Toys R Us that brought things out better, you know you're thinking about how how are we selling online, right? So you need to think very seriously about your tech strategy, right. your online strategy. So that be, that that rises up in importance, right? Right. So the skills again, the tech skills. Now, if you're a tech company, you're product you're predominantly driven by technology, right? So it's it's it comes down to tech. So I think the key trend is everything is all about the technology now. Right. So it's software and the ecosystem around that. So networking, uh, the layers that run the servers, the the routers that connect the internet together, right. software to build the products, security to ensure everything is fine. Right. So I think that's you know I think that's really where where the growth is, and and I would say soft skills on top of that it's soft so tech skills and soft skills. Right. Right. Very so nice. soft. So yeah. Yeah. And and uh, tell me, how did you come about starting Recruit.net? Because you have an interesting story. You know, you, you've yeah. been in, you've had you've had a very interesting background. So maybe share, sort of, how did you arrive at at solving this particular problem? So um, so I'm a, I've always been a geek, a yeah. tech geek. So I've, I love computers. <laughs> and, you know, as a as a kid, uh, my grandfather got me an Atari 400, and I would you know type in basic programming. I'm not a I'm not a programmer or an engineer, but right. it's always been something that's fascinating to me. Yeah. So what I wanted to do um, when I graduated college was something that brought the world of business together with technology. Right. So that's what I was interested in. I, I, I like business and I like, the, I like entrepreneurship and opportunities right. and I like technology. So I started, my first job was working with a bank. In a, in a client technology related area and I realized quite quickly um, after a year and a half that it wasn't the right thing for me. Right. Um, and what happened was that um, the way I got into recruitment was that there was a lot of demand for people with very specific technical skills to work in financial companies. Right. Um, but there's very limited supply because it's a very specialized sector. And you, the, the firm I was working for were bringing a lot of people in from overseas, so bringing to, to Hong Kong right. from New York and London and being based here. And, and I kind of, it was almost serendipitous, right? Sometimes opportunities just present themselves. So a good friend of mine was from Germany and every day he'd complain to me and say, man, I can't stand it. I, I don't want to <laughs> work here, you know, right. it's, I'm so fed up. But he was very specialized in what he did. Yeah. And at the same time, I noticed that some of the competitor banks were looking for exactly the type of person that he was. The job description that he was doing is like he was a senior Unix administrator for derivative trading systems. So most people wouldn't even know what that was or what right. that person did. Yeah. And these guys were just trying to find people like this. Yeah. This guy was sitting right next to me and it went on and on and on. He was complaining. The market was crying out for this type of person. So one day I just picked up the phone because it was bothering me and I called a number and I said, hey, look. I know exactly what you're looking for and I can help you right. find this guy. Right. And he was like, great, come over, bring your business terms and let's talk. And, yeah. and, and it kind of happened from then. I didn't have any business terms and I wasn't in the business, yeah. but I went to talk to him and, and that kind of transitioned into that area. So that's kind of how that happened. It was kind of organically just presented itself. I'm curious sort of, you know, how, you know, how do you, you know, tell us a little bit about um, you know, you know how you built your team. What's the composition of the team, and then, 
and then you know how you mentioned that you you want to scale you're not looking to hire a lot of people but you really are scaling your platform yeah so so, so i think the better the way we look at it is not how many people do you have but how many servers do you have how many machines do you have right. and how efficient are those machines right so we have you know, 50 servers on DigitalOcean, we have servers on the IBM cloud, we have servers on Amazon. Yeah. We're moving more of our stuff to DigitalOcean because right. the experience has been good. So so, we, so we're so we tech focused, right? Yeah. So we want less people. Right. Uh, we, want, we want people doing things that, that they, they, you know, that highly skilled people doing things, managing our machines. Right. So managing our bots, our crawlers, our searches, to, to optimizing that and doing things that, that you know, that you, know, you would need 10 or 20 people to do. So that's wow. our approach, right? It's really um, engineering-based and looking at scaling cloud-based technology to maximize efficiency. So that means being cash flow positive and making money. It's that's. Yeah. You know, sometimes we lose that, right, as a startup. And right. when we talk to startups, you know, the question comes back to, hang on, but what's your, what's your alpha? It's, it's all great, but how do you plan to turn a profit? How right. do you plan to make money, right? Sometimes that question gets lost, but we always, we've always brought that to the forefront, right? It's yeah. ultimately a business is a business, and at some point you have to think about profitability. Yeah. So we leverage machines, we scale machines, we try to keep the team lean, and, and that's our approach. Excellent. And... You know, speaking of, of uh, profitability and startups, right. one of the questions that, um, you know, our viewers or listeners uh, often want to know, you know, uh, funding comes in different ways and flavors and, um, you know, not all startups essentially uh, raise a, a lot of money. And we were talking earlier yeah. that, that, you know, you haven't gone down the route of, yeah. uh, at least on, on this venture to, to raise sure. a lot of money. So what is what are your thoughts, some pros and cons of, you know, raising money or doing it yourself or bootstrapping? So, How do you think about so, so, what well, advice? So, so should we, we didn't raise money because yeah. Recruit.net uh, kind of grew organically right. as a passion project. Yeah. So it was a side project. Um, so, so, you know, having experience working with software engineers and working with uh, and hot recruiting engineers is is fortunate for me because i have access to great talent right, right? and that's what right. i and i love that's right. what i love doing working with engineers and so while i was building the our our, our software recruitment business um we saw that there was an opportunity well let me let me let me let me back up just yeah. just a little sure. bit right so so our tagline is we help people find jobs as I, as i mentioned and the reason for that is when you're working in a staffing company as in executive search or in recruitment actually the the numbers of people you can help are quite are quite limited it's quite small right right because in a very specialized area like ours, you're really going after a very specific skill set correct right yep. however when you are you know, a recruiter or you're in the recruitment business, um, the perception is that you can help everybody find a job. So, right. you know, my brothers, my sisters, my mom, <laughs> my dad, like, you know, talk, 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 <laughs> talk to me, like, he'll help you find a job. Yeah. You know, I can't, right? Yeah. So it's impossible, right? Yeah. It was what we do is so Special. specialized, yeah. right? So we would, start, we would start directing people, hey, look, you can try this or you can try that. And, and what we noticed also was a lot of direct employers were posting jobs directly on their websites. Right. And that was awesome. That was great, right? Because you could actually go to hsbc.com or microsoft.com right. or, and, see what's and just go to careers right. and all the jobs were posted, right. right? And they were fresh 
great jobs from great companies. So we would say, hey, look, you know, you, you're into marketing, go to P&G and go to their site. Actually, all the jobs are there. The Hong Kong jobs are there, Singapore jobs, right. and go there. I mean, we can't help you because it's not what we do, but go online. So having access to engineers, we, I sat down with some of my guys and I said, look, can we just like get that information and update it and make it searchable and then just let people use our product to find all of these jobs? And right. we kind of spec'd it out. Um, we use a pure open source framework, right. <clears throat> um, Lucent for search. We use which which Yahoo was using, right? <clears throat> um, an open source Linux platform, so it didn't cost a lot of money. And we built a prototype, and and it scaled. Right. And you know, we started adding more jobs, more, and at the same time, more content was coming online. Right. And and that's that's how it kind of kind of how it grew. Right. And 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 that's where it is today, really. Right. So at some point, I. I decided that this is worthy of my full attention now. Yeah. And so I transitioned. Yeah. Um, and, and you had enough traction such that, you know, funding wasn't really necessary. You yeah. were able to fund so, it. So, 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 so back, to the, back to the funding question, I, I think that um, we never raised funding because it grew organically. Right. And because the, the economics were so good, right. we didn't need to raise money. Right. And so we chose not to. Yeah. Um, largely because you know, if, if running a business is fun, it's, it's, it's so much better. Right. And sometimes investors can bring in complexities and yeah. obligations and complications. Not always. Sometimes it's exactly perfect to raise money. But for us, it was going well. And I had hands in other areas as well. Right. I was still involved in my other business. So, it, so we made the decision not to raise money. So um, in terms of, I think, you know, and, and in hindsight, did we miss out on some opportunity for accelerated growth? Possibly, right? Um, maybe yes, maybe no. Um, so there's always two sides to the coin in terms of, of what you're going to do, right? I mean, if you, you know, the traditional startup model is you, you know, you have a you have an idea, you have a founding team, you build a what we call a um, an MVP, a minimum viable product. You should demonstrate some traction, raise money, right. scale it up, and that's great. It's just that our story, our evolution with Recruit.net was a little bit different. Right. Yeah. No, and it's good. It sounds like you're also more in control of your of your destiny um, to a certain degree because you don't have a lot of investors. That yeah, you and with. and you know, there's always the opportunity to do that, right? I mean, yeah. you know, there's there's you know the, the it, it, it's it's not hard when you have a, a scalable, profitable business, business. To, to raise money if you choose to do that. Yeah. So it's that's the, the that's a direction we chose to take, and yeah. it was largely kind of serendipitous again, yeah. you know, it just yeah. developed that way. So one of the other things we were talking about, um, you know, our viewers <clears throat> or, or listeners usually want to want to hear from, uh, you know, founders, people who have started businesses, uh, you know, around um, books they're reading and people they find inspiration from. Do you have any sort of uh, recommendations on, you know, you know, perhaps books yeah. that, that you're reading or you would you would recommend to folks and and yeah. maybe maybe touch on uh, sure. you know, where do you get your inspiration from? Sure. So I think in terms of uh, business books, right, um, or or business skill sets, there's a great book called Influence. Mm -hmm. I think it's by Cialdi. C I forget his name. It's C I A L D I, and it's really about. Um, persuasion and it's about how to yeah, about skill sets and tools to help you um, be more persuasive to help with sales and and I think it's it's a it's it's a it's a great resource right and, right. I, and I highly recommend that um, 
just in terms for every entrepreneur or, or, or startup to, mm-hmm. to, to refine those soft skills because I think that they're so important. Um, I, what I also really liked was um, the Steve Jobs biography by um, Walter Isaacson. Walter Isaacson, yeah. I really liked really that good. because uh, there's just so many takeaways, right? I mean, we all know the story of Apple, right? Yeah. Um, and how he left, came back, the iPod was born, the iPhone was created, and you know, at one point, the the um, the, the highest capitalized um, company in the world. And you know, it's just it's just great to understand the backstory, the personality, uh, what Steve Jobs was like. Um, you know, wasn't necessarily the nicest guy, right? But right. A, a, a genius. You know, he's that fine line between, I would say, an artist and an engineer, right? He kind of walked that middle ground in a way that. A lot of people just don't have the capability to do right? right to see the artistic and intrinsic beauty in things but be able to communicate that from an engineering perspective and to bring those worlds together yeah. right yeah. so yeah. uh fantastic yeah. um book in terms of just giving you insights into business and personalities and the other book i like is so um noah, noah yuval hariri he wrote sapiens uh, homo deus yes. his most recent book um it's, I think it's 21 lessons for the 21st century. Yeah. And it takes a lot of the themes which he talks about in his earlier books. And he talks and he, and he addresses some of the, the current issues in society today. Yeah. So AI, machine learning, how um, our jobs, how safe are our jobs, right? What's, what do you have to be worried about in terms of, in terms of machines taking, taking over your, your jobs? Uh, fake news, the proliferation of fake, fake news, news yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. And, it's, and, he, and he, he breaks it down into chapters and it's, it's just fantastic insights. Um, and the other interesting thing about, about that writer is that what what he what he says is that he does something called a um, a vipassana meditation, which is a, a silent meditation, and usually it's done for ten days and it's extremely challenging to do. But what what I read and if I remember correctly is he does a thirty day meditation. Wow, <laughs> and I think it's once a year. I think yeah. it's thirty days, yeah. and 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 I think that the the only way you you get that clarity to like to really get a good lay of the land and look at things so objectively is when you, you know, you can totally step away. Yeah. And this is a guy, if you, you know, if you know any of his previous books away, yes. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's such a thoughtful analysis of the state of the world, but given from a, from a, from a strategic viewpoint. Right. So this guy, you know, he, he looks at things and presents them and, and it's, 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 I think it's great reading. So tell me, you know, where do you get your inspiration from, or is there anybody that inspires you? Yeah, so um, so I'm a little bit boring like that. So <laughs> so um, I'll, you know, for me, it's again comes back to engineers, right? So and software engineers. So I love working with engineers and seeing what they're building and what problems they're trying to solve, and you know, and I like and I like identifying those problems and then looking for engineering solutions to. To, to solve them, right. to to make markets markets more efficient, to make to cut out middlemen, to improve processes, right? And you can do that very efficiently through through um, 
through through engineering and through software solutions. So I get a lot of inspiration from from talking to these guys. So so you know at, at conferences like here at the at the I, I like going and finding out. Hey, are you the founder? And right. are you? Are you the, did you build this product? Right. Did you code it yourself? Right? Why did you do that? Yeah. Right? And and and, I, and that's fantastic for me. So yeah, a lot of inspiration. I learn a lot from that as well. In terms of more mainstream. Um, so, you know, being here in Hong Kong, I'd never heard of a guy called Joe Rogan mm -hmm. until recently. <laughs> um, and I think it was only when he interviewed um, Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it turns out that he's a you know, famous comedian in the States and he has a history yes. with the um, uh, mixed martial arts. And, and I, I think that guy's brilliant. I right. mean, you know, I, so I started watching a lot of his lot podcasts, of his podcasts and, and I've just, learned yeah. so much. I mean, you know, he can talk, and and he's he's wicked smart. I mean, he can talk to, you know, the, the you know the smartest quantum engineers and 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 have questions with them, and he can also be sitting in a room and you know drinking whiskey and, and smoking a joint with with uh, with comedians and just you know having a great time. Right. So so the the topics and the 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 his coverage area, I love listening to what he has to say, and and I've learned a lot from his from his uh, podcasts. So one of the other things, you know, we, our viewers and, and listeners want to learn from is, you know, uh, what are some of the lessons you have learned in, um, in building your business? So do you have any tips or, 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 you know, any lessons that you'd like to share with, uh, with others? What sure. Um, I, I think that the, the startup journey, um, and growing a business is, it's not easy, right? So you right. have to be prepared, um, for ups and downs. Right. And I think one of the key takeaways for, uh, from my experience is, is don't be attached to outcomes, right? And what I mean by that is um, whatever you're trying to do, you should do your best, right? right? And don't, don't go short on that. Do your absolute best. Right. So if you're looking to find a job, make sure you've polished your CV. Make sure you, when you're applying for a job, make sure you've make sure you've, you know who you're talking to, right? Make right. sure you have the right skills. If you don't have the right skills, you can do some self-learning and so do everything you can, right? And follow all the best practices, right. apply for a job. Um, or if you're hiring, right? You, you know, you, 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 you do your best to hire. Yeah. But with the outcome, and then the other example, let's say you're, you're, you want to sell your house, whatever, you, right. what, what can you do? You, you hire the best broker, you make sure the condition is good, whatever it is. You do, you do the best you can do and then you let it go because in the background, things have to happen, right? So someone has to come along, the marketplace has to open up and want that house at the right time for it to happen. Yeah. The right job has to present itself. The right employer has to see your CV, right? The, the right recruiter has to find your data and attach and, and, right. and find you. So you can only do the best that you can do and you shouldn't go short on that, yeah. but you should detach yourself from the outcome. Right. And you know, just let it go, let it be, and trust the process. Right. right. And I find that sometimes that enables things to move quicker, right. rather than holding on to it and saying, "Hey, well, why is this not happening? Why is this not happening?" Right. right? You sort of like control the inputs that you you, yeah. you control the inputs. You don't always control the outputs. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and 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 you know, don't don't go short on that. Yeah. But accept accept the reality that there's there's a there's so much going on around us. That, yeah all the time we you know our our stream of consciousness is just this stream of consciousness but right. everything's moving in the background that we really effectively have no control over right right so we've we've done products so we've looked to release products and features right. that 
you know, it just hasn't come together. Right. right. We couldn't get the right team. The right person wasn't there. Uh, one issue after the other. And, you know, at the end of the day, we said, OK, this is not working. Right. right. Drop it. Other things were just at conception and it just it just fell into place. Right. right. And it just kind of worked and it worked. And, and you know, I think through life, you, these are, th- this happens, right? Not just in the sphere of work, but in your day-to-day life, right? right. So I'm a big believer, right? So, so to your question, it's really, you know, doing, do your best, right? Uh, be smart, arm yourself with information. And, and action is key, right? Yeah. You know, they don't skimp on the action. Everything is about doing. If you don't do, you don't get any results. Right. So you've got to get out there and make efforts and do things, right? Yeah. And do your best. But then, you know, let it go. Trust the process and understand there is a process out there right. that you ultimately can't control. And, and I think just psychologically, once you accept that, um, things work out better. Yeah. How do you deal with, um, uh, you, you know, it sounds like you've had lots of successes uh, but even potentially failures along the way. So any advice to uh, to founders on how to deal with successes and, and failures as, the, as as you sort of, you know, as you're building your, your business? Yeah, so, um, well, I mean, I think successes and failures, uh, you know, in, in every moment of the day, you have highs and lows as well, right? right? So, right. so I think it's, I think you could you could apply that to the larger picture of life, right? Yeah. It's just you you know you roll with the punches, and when it's good, just enjoy it. Don't yeah. forget to enjoy it, right? Don't forget right. to enjoy the moments that you have. So I'd break it down to a moment-to-moment basis, really. Um, I know that answers your question exactly, yeah. but you know it's and trying to keep an even keel, right? And understanding that everything is transient, everything is constantly moving. Yeah. Are there any moments of um uh, failures or or things that that you were like you know I wish you know one of the other things that our our listeners or or viewers would like what you usually like to learn is you know other things um, that that you know now that you know you would have loved to have known earlier so you could have avoided some mistakes yeah or there, there, or there's, there's, there's so many right yeah. I mean so experience is cumulative right yeah. you you know this is what experiences is right, right. and you're, be- you're, you're 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 better off with the bad experiences too right right the lessons learned make you stronger yeah right so it's so at the end of the day it's all it all it all adds up right yeah. um and i would say that you know it so my process is is looking back at something that didn't work out or well, yeah. i hired this person it didn't work out right but i look back and say well why did i hire this person yeah because a b c d was it the right decision at that time it was it didn't work out because a b c d am i comfortable with what i did i tried right. and, I, and, I, and i say well look if i hadn't hired him I wouldn't have known, right? And I'd be sitting here today saying I should have got that guy. It would have been totally different, right? Right. right. So you, so and you let it go. It's you know you just take you you just work through the process. So that's the kind of thing that I do. I'd, I'd look back, reassess, and if I didn't take that decision, that went wrong. Right. Would I have regret for not trying? And do I want to be carrying that regret right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Probably okay. not. Yeah. Excellent, Manik. This was uh, great. Thank you for sharing all the wisdom and the learnings and the stories. Uh, you have um, a really amazing story in you know having an organic business, um, and you know you're helping thousands of people get jobs. So congrats on the success, and thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's great chatting with you, and I hope you enjoy our, our beautiful city, Hong Kong. Well, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.